It may not seem, I mean, we've had two liturgical readings today. Uh, I would really call us a liturgically light community. I mean, we're not really heavy on liturgy. Uh, You might not know that today because we've practiced that a couple of times, which is great. And this is kind of a season to do that. I reminded us last week that the purpose of the church calendar or the purpose of the liturgical calendar is to relive the major events in Jesus' life in real time. So you have this wheel of the seasons. And we as a community of people, because we're following Jesus, we do lightly follow uh, the calendar. There's Advent, there's Christmas, Epiphany, Lent, the Holy Week, Easter. We, we, we're going to acknowledge those as we go. We're not going to overdo it. But because uh, that church calendar, maybe liturgical things, maybe are new for most of us, it seems good just to give some instruction. So I love the fact that Christmas for us is 12 days, not just one. And because we can be this community in Christmas, I mean, again, I just keep keep your lights on. Our lights are going to be on our house until January the 6th. And I'm going to turn them on every night. And if it gets dark in the day, I'm going to turn them on. Lights are still on. We're still celebrating Christmas. I do think it's really, you can surprise somebody. Take them a gift tomorrow and say Merry Christmas. Just, you know, just get a little coupon for a cup of coffee. Or take a cup of coffee. Give it to a coworker. Merry Christmas. Are you nuts? We do, we, that's over. No. We're still celebrating. That then leads us, we can then tell people about why it is that we celebrate 12 days. We can't contain our celebration of what God has done in one day. That's really a fun thing to do. And then we're planning for an epiphany feast. Now, epiphany, again, that may be another new idea. So I just want to bring a little bit of explanation to our community. Because, again, it's this tradition that we can practice in a good way. So Wednesday... January 6th will be Epiphany. It's also called Three Kings Day. Epiphany celebrates the revelation of God the Son as a human being in Jesus Christ. It's really a celebration of the incarnation. This verse out of John says it best. And the Word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen, we have seen. We've seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. If we're not going to believe the stories in the Bible, then we have to realize that we're not believing the eyewitness account of people that were there. We saw. And in Western Christianity, the feast commemorates principally but not solely the visit of the Magi to the Christ child and thus Jesus' physical manifestation to the Gentiles. Jesus was recognized from his earliest infancy as king of the earth. Matthew writes this, In the time of King Herod, a Jewish king, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men came from the east to Jerusalem asking, 
where is the child who's been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising, and we have come to pay him homage. God loves us so much that he reveals to us things that we would never be able to discover on our own. God reveals what is invisible in the visible. And God is not selective about revelation. God is interested in communicating with the Jew and the Gentile, with every nation, with every person. And these magi... In all likelihood, these wise men were probably Babylonian magicians. They were possessors of special secret wisdom, especially concerning the meaning of the course of the stars and its interconnection with the world events. Now, again, possibly, just just think through it, they possibly acquired interest in Messiah the Jewish king by contact with Jewish exiles in Babylon and they were maybe even in particular influenced by Daniel who served as one of these magi during the Babylonian and the Medo-Persian empire. And in that period of time, Daniel received, again, God communicating a dream, a revelation, God disclosing what Daniel could never have discovered on his own. There is a Messiah coming. And so maybe that stuck within that Babylonian circle of wise people, counselors to kings, and then something happened in the stars. No one exactly knows what that was, but something in the stars said that Messiah has been born. And they traveled up the fertile crescent around through Syria and back down into Israel to find that child. Now, if that doesn't get your mind going with curiosity about how in the world did that happen. So they traveled in order to see the appearance. The appearance of a revelation. The stars revealed something. God said something. The heavens declare the glory of the Lord. They, they received that and they went to see the appearance. Epiphany means appearance. Manifestation. What is the, what's going to come of this? We see something being made known, but what's going to be appeared? It's a visible manifestation of a hidden divinity in the form of a personal appearance. The child who was born is the king of the Jews. Now, as I got to that point and just thought about our community, I realized, wow, You know, God has been so busy at this time in history making known to people what he's up to. Again, just in in our servant, we're just saying, God, you're a good, good father and you love us. And he is so good and he loves us so much that he wants to tell us. When When he's doing something really big in human history, he wants us to know. So there's this revelation to this young lady by the name of Mary. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel, an angel in the Bible is a messenger. God who loves us, God who's good, 
said to an angel, I've got a message for this lady, this young girl, deliver it. Gabriel, sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed. That was out of the norm. (laughs) She's scratching her head. She's a little bit terrified. What, what, What sort of greeting is this? The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You found favor with God. You will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. My friends, that's revelation. That is God making known what we would never ever have discovered on our own. That's God bringing something invisible to visible with this young gal. And it doesn't stop there. Because to Joseph, when his mother... Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they'd lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, I mean, how much more? Here is a man, I, I need to divorce this gal. I mean, how much more human is that? This, this person I'm engaged, she's pregnant and we have not had relations. I, I've got to divorce her. And an angel appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son. You are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Again, God is making known in the visible what's happening in the invisible. I mean, this is, this, they don't have a sonogram. I mean, this is before the days of all the instruments. And God's saying, there's a baby in her womb. And it doesn't stop there. There's a guy, Simeon. A man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. He was righteous and devout. He was looking forward to the consolation of Israel. The Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed again God loved Simeon so much that he told him something that he could never have discovered on his own. God revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would see, he would not see death before he had seen Messiah. Guided by the Holy Spirit. So the same Holy Spirit that brought revelation to him on a particular day at a very particular time guided him into the temple 
And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took Jesus the baby in his arms, praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory of your people Israel. You promised me that I would see Messiah before I die, and I am holding Messiah in my arms. God making known what none of us would ever have known. And finally, this lady Anna, there in the temple as well. She'd been in the temple how long? She was a prophetess, the daughter of Penuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age. She'd lived with her husband seven years after a marriage. And then she was a widow at the age of 84. She never left the temple but worshiped there fasting and prayer night and day. And at that moment, the moment that Simeon held that child, at that moment, she came again. <laughs> at that moment, just so happened. And she began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. Later, after Jesus has grown, after Jesus begins his ministry. When Jesus came into a district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Who do people say that Jesus is? Some of them said, well, some say you're John the Baptist. Others, Elijah, still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And Jesus said, but who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are, you're, the, you're the Messiah. You're the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Again, God making known what you, you and we could never have discovered this on our own. My Father in heaven has made known to you who I am. Now, as I begin to just kind of wrap all that up and bring that to our attention, it's basically that their revelation, a time of revelation, person after person, receiving information from God that they could never have discovered on their own, that, that, all, that it just kind of becomes our epiphany. That all of a sudden, maybe it begins to register for oh, oh, this child. This child that we're celebrating, he, he was born king of the Jews. He's Emmanuel. He is God Almighty, but he's with us. He, he's Jesus. He's, he's the son of the most high. He's the king. This baby, the sal, he's the salvation of the world. 
He's the redemption of Israel. He's the Messiah. He's the son of the living God. And hopefully as we read those in light of the revelation that came to people in the past, the lights begin to go off in our own minds, in our own hearts, that we have this moment of epiphany. Aha! Because what it comes down to is, who do we say Jesus is? In this community, as we gather together, who is Jesus? In our conversations with one another, who is Jesus? In the songs we sang this morning, who is Jesus? And what I'm saying to you, what I'm trying to communicate, who is Jesus? And I want to say, man, it is so clear from the Bible, from Revelation, this is who Jesus is. But do you know? Has the light turned on for each of us? Is the light turned on for us as a community? This is who he is. He is the son of the most high God. He is the promised Messiah. He is the one that the history of humanity rests on. He's our king. You know, if that light turns on for us, and I trust that it has, and if it isn't, then I trust God who is the one who loves us. And he's the one that reveals. He wants us to know Jesus for who Jesus is. Because then I look at, what about these cities around us? What about San Marcos? What about Seguin? What about Shirt, Cibolo, New Braunfels, Canyon? What about the cities around us? What about those 795 people that checked into our Facebook page? Do they know who Jesus is? Those that are going back into classrooms. Who's Jesus in the classroom? Those of us going back into the workplace. Who's Jesus in the workplace? We'll all go back home this afternoon. Who's Jesus in our neighborhoods? The encouragement of knowing who Jesus is because God has made him known. Because God in his great love and care for us has allowed us to have a moment of epiphany. Is followed by scripture that says no one who believes in Jesus will be put to shame. There's no distinction between the Jew or the Greek. The same Lord Jesus is Lord of all and is generous to all who call on him. Everyone who calls on the name of Jesus will be saved. But then this is where it comes to us. But but how can others call on one in whom they've not yet believed? And how can they believe in one in whom they've never heard? 
And how can they hear without someone to announce him? And how can they announce him if they're not sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Everybody look at your feet. You see, if we don't walk out of here today and we don't tell others who we believe Jesus is, then God will continue. I mean, God's going to, I mean, God's doing an amazing job without us. That's the truth. But it would be even a better job if we would join him in telling other people who Jesus is. And I believe that the Holy Spirit has empowered every one of us to walk out of here on the feet that God has given us and to go out into our cities, to go out into the classrooms, into the workplace, into our neighborhoods, and look for the opportunity that God is revealing Jesus to others and we get to step in and add to the conversation. This news is so good, why would we want to keep it to ourselves? Isn't it? I mean, we can talk we can talk from now until the last day about all the problems of the world, or we can go out and begin to tell people around us this is the answer to the problems we're having. Which would we rather do? Would you like to stand with me and let's just invite the Holy Spirit? For two things. One is revelation, disclosure of who Jesus is so that each and every one of us has this moment of of clarity, of epiphany. I get it. I see him for who he is. I mean, I'm so fortunate. The first 17 years of my life, no one told me about Jesus. I rarely attended church, some, but when I attended church, it wasn't about Jesus. I'm so fortunate that people in young life showed up in my high school, they started to tell me the story of Jesus. And I can still remember exactly where I was, 17 years old, July, Rita's living room, and Jesus made himself known to me. It was my moment of epiphany. And it was, again, just that simple question, will you you follow me? And I said, yes, I want to follow you. And from that moment at 17 until the day that I pass, I'm never going to forget that moment. Because Jesus made himself known to me. And and it's it's connected with the people in the room that were telling me Jesus' story. So if you, if you don't have any kind of recollection of when the light went on, this would be a great time to say, oh God, you're good. God, you love me. And God, you want me to know who Jesus is for who Jesus is, not what others are just telling me about him.
So maybe this is your moment to see Jesus and to come to know Jesus for who he is. And he wants you to know him. Then the other is Holy Spirit empower us just to naturally, supernaturally go about life. But on the forefront of our mind is we want the people around us to know the way that God has shown his love to all of us. And it's through Jesus. So Holy Spirit, you're the breath of God. And I invite you to breathe upon us this morning. Come, Holy Spirit. I thank you that you are in the room with us. I thank you that you don't come from afar. You're right here. And I thank you that you know each and every one of us. That you're close. And I ask that whatever light, whatever revelation, whatever epiphany moment any of us need, or all of us, Holy Spirit, we invite you to make known to us the invisible. Holy Spirit, we ask you to disclose to us the truth of Jesus that we would never discover on our own without a moment of your insight. So for any of us that don't have clarity about who Jesus is, please, in this moment, make Jesus known. Let us see him. Let us encounter him. Let him rescue us. Let him love us. Engage us. Holy Spirit, I also ask that you would empower those of us that have had these moments of disclosure, these moments of revelation, these epiphany times where the presence and the appearance of Jesus is so, so real, so tangible, so felt, that you would empower us to go out into the city, to go out into the classroom, to go out into the workplace, to go out into our neighborhood. And to look for those opportunities to tell our story, to add to what you're doing in making Jesus known. Lord, as we begin this new year, I pray that this would be a new year that would be full of new life. And that literally thousands and thousands of people would have this moment of, aha, this is Jesus, the Messiah the King, the Savior. Empower us to join you in announcing Jesus to our generation. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.